Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where I've been through the book 10 minutes at a time. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and in today's episode, we're talking about that one time in the Bible that nine brothers won the lottery, even though they never purchased a ticket. If you're wondering what we're looking at, Genesis chapter 42, verses 26 to 38. My guest today is Pastor Harold. Uh, when I texted you that this is what we're going to be talking about for today's episode, your first response, <laughs> if I remember, was like, man, sounds a lot like a telenovela. <laughs> Did I say that correctly? Is that the right word? Yes, a Mexican telenovela. Uh, what's a telenovela? Because I think the equivalent, maybe more popular in culture today, would be like a K-drama, like a Korean drama. Is, is, it, is it the same kind of implication that a telenovela, lots of drama, lots of overreactions, kind of crazy storylines that... Don't always seem like they would happen in real life. Is that the idea? I, I guess, yes. I didn't know that K-dramas K were a thing nowadays. Well, that's because uh, you're old. Oh, <laughs> I am not old. I am. The, re the reality is I've never watched a K-drama. So I guess if if by that definition, someone right. who's old is someone who hasn't watched K-dramas, then... I mean, if that's what you kids, if that's what you kids are are watching these days, that's fine. Uh, it's Netflix, whatever. Yeah. No, yeah, telenovela is basically, you know... Uh, very dramatic, very um, hyper dramatic uh, depiction of events of real life. Not real life, but yeah, it's just, yeah, that's what a novela is, man. And, and so, you grow up with it and and it's always these like, Juanita, how dare you? And and she's like, no, you cheated on me. And, and then at the end, they just like kiss in this very cheesy way with a background and music. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. that's that's kind of how it goes. But yeah, so, so what reading in this, passage, this was yeah, yeah. What what in this passage reminded you of telenovelas? Well, I, and, and and again, I don't mean to make light of the biblical text. So I'm, you know, but it was, it, I guess, it was very. I think that it comes to their. You, you can at least for me when I was reading this, like I'm reading this overreaction that they're having to finding money in their sack, right? Oh, yeah. Like these guys 
literally are losing their minds. You know, it, it sounds <laughs> you, you like You think, it. like, if you ever did the laundry for your parents growing up kind of a thing and you found, like, an extra dollar bill in the pockets kind oh. of thing, you're like, oh, this is great. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. I think the one who's doing the laundry has a birthright to <laughs> any money found in the laundry. In fact, that's actually what my mom told me. Is whoever's doing the laundry gets to keep the money that's found in the pockets. Oh, no, man. My mama told me, you better give me back that money. on that <laughs> So, yeah, no, I, I I was always very, very clear and conscious. Like, I found this money, mom. Please forgive me. You know? Oh, <laughs> so, so the brothers, they find money, yeah. which you think would be a cause for joy and happiness. Right. But or, it's not. No, it's not. They like they're they're so like, um, you know. You read there in verse twenty eight. You know, the money has been restored to my sack, and their hearts failed them, and they were afraid, <laughs> saying to one another, "What is this that God has done with us?" You know, like oh, this yeah. a curse has fallen upon us because the payment is in the sack. Instead of like, oh, this is weird. Maybe we should go back and try to pay it, or like. Hey, we'll camp. One of us has to go and say, yo, was this a mistake? Or are you just doing us a nice favor? If you are, we're thankful. Mm. Maybe. And and again, maybe I'm reading this with the, with the, you know, this is something that just hits me right now is that in America, we're very used to this customer care relationship in which you as the customer, you are always right. Hmm. And you can go to REI at whatever time in the world with whatever worn out shoes and say, I don't want them. And they're like, okay, here. Just give your money back, yeah. Right, whereas you can't do, I grew up in Peru. Like the moment you walk out of the store with something, you're done. Oh It doesn't matter if it's broken, if it's ruined. You can't return it. You can't complain. You can't ask for your money back. There is no returns. It's you take it and it's yours. It's broken. Not my problem. So maybe that's affecting me as I read this story and I read what I perceive as a massive overreaction over, oh, there's money in the sack. Well, you know, you know I, I think it, it will. It might be an overreaction to an outsider, right? Because I, I mm-hmm. think in any other person, they, they could have easily made things right. But one of the themes that I see developing in this chapter is this theme of, of guilt and this this theme mm-hmm. of uh, uh, maybe casting blame, right? Yeah. Like they're they're blaming, and I'm using air quotes if you're only listening because they're they're blaming God for their lot in life, right? Like yeah. in verse 21, they says, oh, we're being punished by God because of what we did to Joseph a long time ago. And now again, it's like, oh, we're being punished by God with all this money. And so for them, it just feels like guilt yeah. is the way that they see the world. And, and and I don't know, man, this is one of those things in, in Bible study this, uh, this mm-hmm. last weekend on Sunday mornings, we do uh, a Bible study in the mornings. If, by the way, mm-hmm. if you didn't know, um, in Bible study, we were talking about the beauty in Hebrews where it talks about how now we get to be sprinkled with a clean conscience. Like that's something that we actually get to live with is a clean oh, mercy. conscience. Yes. They clearly do not have clean consciences. And, and, and for good reasons. They did some really terrible things. They sold their brother into slavery. And, and, right. and it's clear that that's a defining moment of their life. And so I just found it interesting that they ascribe every bad thing that happens into their life as retribution by God. Right. That God is actually uh, giving them full retribution and he will forever grant them retribution in this way and every single thing that goes wrong with them because of what they did to their brother. Mm. And can you imagine just the levels of guilt that exist upon you? Yeah. Even though if it wasn't your idea, you could always deflect blame and say, well, it was Judah's idea. Um, But there's always this 
yeah, this this collective guilt that they mm. carry as brothers because they know, they know. They did something. But you know, it's even I, I, on this theme of, of guilt and blame and they know, mm. I thought was really interesting was verse 36 where it, it almost seems as though mm-hmm. Jacob also knows. Maybe he doesn't quite come out and say it, but it, that's the implication, right? Jacob yeah. exclaims, here's the NLT, mm-hmm. you speaking to the brothers are robbing me of my children. He doesn't blame it on God. Mm-hmm. He says, you're robbing me of my children. Joseph is gone, Simeon gone, and now you speaking to Reuben want to take Benjamin also. Everything is going against me. So one, it's interesting that yeah. Jacob doesn't blame God. That's interesting. Yeah. But two, he's assigning guilt even without connecting all the dots intuitively. Mm-hmm. He's assigning guilt to the brothers. Well, but because it's happened, it, it's not the first time that these guys leave. Sure. Okay. Not the first time that these guys leave. And then they come back with first the like the um the the cloak covered in blood, the coat mm-hmm. covered in blood. And now they leave again and they come back without Simeon because oh. like, that's the thing. Wait, whoa, 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 where's Simeon? Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, well, he's back in jail and we got to take Benjamin with us. Like wow. what, that's what the story is so that we can get Simeon out of jail. So Jacob's like, are you guys crazy? You're Every actually, time you guys go on a road trip, I lose like, a son. Yeah. Like, what is this? Every time you guys go out, exactly. I lose a son. So I've lost Joseph. Now Simeon, and you want to take Benjamin out of this one? Mm. And that's why he finishes the text with like, um, my son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If I if any calamity should befall me along the way in which you go, it would bring me down to my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. So he's kind of like it, it's almost like Jacob's assuming that Simeon's dead. Right. right. Wait, he's no, no, no. His brother, I think his brother is his brother is talking about here. Sorry, this is that's a mistake. I, I, Benjamin's brother is Joseph, and he's got only two from the woman that he loved. Right. That's been part of the story the whole time. Part of the story the whole time has been that he loved one, and he didn't quite so much love the other, right? And so now we're kind of looking at the tail end of this very incredibly dysfunctional family, right? Like massively dysfunctional family um, that... Oddly enough, I you know I was having a conversation with somebody, with somebody this Saturday, like right after service. Uh, one of my church members comes up to me and he says, you know, how uh, the family nowadays, you know, Pastor Hall, oh, isn't it incredible how the family is being affected and the family is being, um, you know, tarnished and this and that and you know with all these agendas. And I I kind of looked at him and said, Have you read Genesis? Because like <laughs> right right at the beginning. Like this family is not a reflection of what God intended as a family. Right. There's no way that God said, you know what? It's going to be a great idea if two sisters get married to the same guy and then they fight over this guy and then they have their maids like give this guy children and all 13 kids live this incredibly dysfunctional life. That's such a brilliant reflection of me as God. That's not. No, No, that's definitely not. That's never been the case. So here he's we're looking at the tail end of this this very dysfunctional family that seemingly is trying to come around right in the in the arc of the story mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Jacob is like no I've already lost his brother you know from his mother his mother is dead incidentally Rachel's dead at this point Joseph is dead in his mind at this point so the only attachment he has to this dear wife of his is little Benny 
And you want to take little Benny to get Simeon out of jail. And that's why Reuben is making that bargain of like, listen, if I don't bring back Benjamin, kill my two sons. Which is odd or interesting because it's Reuben who slept with one of his concubines. Like one of his dad's concubines. Right. You know. So now Reuben is almost making like an atonement or trying, it seems to make some sort of atonement of like, if I do not return Benjamin, he's on me. Benjamin's on me. If I don't return Benjamin to you, kill my two sons. As if that would make up for, you know. Um, Losing two other sons. Right. That's, you know, so it's, it's, it is, it, what you're pointing out, I think, Justin, is, is apt of like people living in guilt. And when you live in guilt and you live in shame, you live in this in this uh, guilt consciousness, and and you're and you're carrying all the blames of the things that you've done in the past. It can be just such a horrible place to live in. Yeah. And these guys did something that was messed up because they not only like sold their brother into slavery, um, but they they made this elaborate ruse that has lasted for years. Just to tell their dad, well, he died. Yeah, yeah. It's it's also interesting that living in that that from that guilt perspective, this guilt consciousness is the language that you just used. Mm-hmm. How that causes you to like continue down that pathway. So mm-hmm. so Jacob is playing it close to the chest, which is totally understandable. He's lost two sons, but like mm-hmm. because of this perspective, mm-hmm. now he's deciding to say no which has a whole bunch of implications. We, we know later in the next chapter, things are going to change. But for this chapter, where the story ends for this chapter, his answer is actually no. And mm-hmm. that sucks for Simeon because Simeon's actually alive. Even though he's being counted as dead by Jacob, he's actually alive. Mm-hmm. And now the family's exposed to the hardships of famine. Mm-hmm. All because we, these, these groups of brothers are still operating from this perspective. Mm-hmm. They keep blaming it. And like you said, the next chapter, it's like the famine gets even worse, yeah, right? So it's like, okay, you, so clear. I don't know how much time elapses here in the text between chapter 42 and 43. Mm-hmm. We don't know how much time. So this is like, you got to think about the implications also for Simeon back in jail in, in, in Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. He's locked away. He doesn't know how long is transpiring. It's not like the trip took eight hours, it's right. not like they drove to Portland from Seattle to Portland three hours. No, no, no. It this takes a week, two at least, right? To go back home with food, or at least a week with it's famine. We need food. Our children are so like the 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 swiftness of the story as we read it and as we would be accustomed to look at it from the 21st century is not there. And so the only thing that pushes them to go back is the fact that it gets worse. And Jacob's like, go back. And Judah says, well, we can't go back unless we go with Benjamin. Mm. Somehow he, you know, yeah. he wants to see the other son. Right. And that's where the story is going to change. But, you know, we can't, we can't get into that chapter. No, no, so, no. So, <laughs> one question, and maybe yeah. this is kind of where we start to trail off. One question that I have about this is, you know, mm-hmm. Joseph came up with this brilliant plan. And, and from yeah. what the narrative seems to suggest, Joseph is a very wise individual. And he's mm-hmm. capable of, you know, mm-hmm. problem solving to the, mm-hmm. to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. How much of this mm-hmm. do you think is just a plan that he came up with that he decided he's going to do? Like on the spur of the moment, he sees his brother. He's like, ah, here's what I'm going to do. Versus... And maybe mm-hmm. it, maybe it's, it's the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. It probably is a combination of the two options. But versus, it's all just God orchestrating something. Mm. 
I'm going to go with option A with a little bit of B like you just recommended. <laughs> um, it's I mostly think that, a spur of the moment thing. No, I don't know if a spur of the moment thing, but I think that Joseph, Joseph is trying to see where his brothers are. Um, have they changed? Have they, like, have they grown? Are they still the same scumbags that, so? like, are they solely, are they solely focused on their own Mm self-interest or have they learned to be brothers, right? Yeah. Well, luckily for Simeon, they've learned to be brothers, but like the big question mark is, is what if they didn't? Like, what if they just never came back? Because, like, Joseph is back at, back in Egypt, and he doesn't right. know the context. He doesn't know that Jacob's like, nah, like, we're going to cut our losses here. He might mm-hmm. just think they never told daddy in the same way that they never told daddy about him. <laughs> or they might think that dad just said no. Or, like, he, he doesn't know yeah. what to think. And so, I don't know. Let's say the trip takes a couple weeks there and back. There's the amount of time that passes for food to kind of food stores to be dwindled. We're talking easily a, a month. Three. Maybe I'm, more. Maybe more. I'm. I, I was gonna go with like a couple of months at least, um, because how much food would they take for the whole family? You know, Absolutely. they're not gonna go only for one week, and if the famine is extending, so maybe let's let's put three months at a minimum. Just so, so Joseph you know. is here, twiddling his thumbs, wondering, man, maybe I acted harshly. I don't know. I mean, that's me. Like, have you ever done something I, from an impulse, and you're like, I had. I had kind of mixed intentions. I did want to find out something, but also, you know, now that I reflect on it, like maybe this was a good strategy. Here's how I'll redeem mm-hmm. it. I don't know. Just like, I'm, I'm I don't so know. curious I mean, as to those, what he would be thinking. Those are really good questions that I have zero answer for and that I don't seem to find any answer in the text either for. So at this point, we would just be on on, on sheer speculation of what Joseph was thinking. What we do know is that the text tells us that, they're going to go back. They're going to take Benny, right? And mm-hmm. things are going to unravel from that point. But the other thing that we're already seeing from these guys is that they are, they're clearly, there's a turn. There's a turn. In the, there, there, there's a turn. There's a change in their hearts. They're not, they're not the guys that we met a few chapters back that wanted to kill Joseph and then say, nah, let's do some, let's do one better. Let's let's say, sell him into slavery. Hmm. You know, somehow there is something going on, even up to chapter thirty-eight, which is what we recently seen, right? Uh, where 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 uh, Judah is? There's something going on. There's just something going on with these characters as they begin to develop, and we begin to go to the climax of the story, um, which will be spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> a happy reunion. Yeah. Um, and so what is happening with, with Simeon in Egypt is a great question. You know, like, did Joseph give him special treatment? Um, you know, did he get an extra ration of food in jail? Maybe he shared uh, the same where prison cell that Joseph was in. Mm, right? Did Yeah, did Joseph tell the, the, the chief jailer, hey, I need you to do me a solid? Yeah, anything. Because nobody knows at this point anything about anything nobody maybe the interpreter is putting things together but that's about it maybe but again you know yeah the interpreter that's right you know uh so you know you 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 don't think what's going on but there you don't know where Simeon's at like what special treatment is going on but it is just it's a fascinating like kind of telenovela there it is yeah, there huh? it is <laughs> it's like you you're you're biting your nails like ooh what's going to happen you know 
Um, but I think you've hit on the on you, you hit the nail on the head, Justin. Where when you live in guilt, um, when you don't confess, right? When we don't confess our our mishaps, um, big comings or shortcomings, uh, when we do not allow for forgiveness to wash over us, hmm. man alive, anything and everything sets you on edge. And everything that happens in your life is you see it as God punishing you for for whatever it is that you did. Um, and and that is just such a cumbersome place to live from, you know, a, right. a massively cumbersome place to live from that he is not calling us to live from. That's not where God wants us to live from. He's actually wanting to live, want us to live from a place of, of freedom, a, a place of clean conscience and for that you need to confess you know that's the thing it's not just like willy-nilly yoop-dee-day well no let's confess you know confession is key uh, what is a confession is good for the soul <laughs> yeah it is but what if we tell dad he's gonna be super angry at us yeah he will rightfully so <laughs> This episode of The Move was sponsored by our friends over at Dwell. Visit dwellapp.io slash themove to get 30% off a lifetime membership of the Dwell Bible app. Hey, uh, Harold, a couple episodes ago, you and I mm -hmm. talked about giving away a membership for Dwell. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the good news is we had a handful of people participating in our little emoji contest. Yes. And we wanted to let Philip Dangle know that you are the winner. Congratulations. Congratulations, Philip. It was very creative. It took me a second, but then I'm like, ah, I know what this story is. <laughs> it's the prodigal son. And, and we, we, we have a, a bias towards the prodigal oh, son. It's absolute a, it's a fantastic bias. story. That's an absolute bias for the prodigal son. Very meaningful story. So uh, congratulations. Enjoy that dwell uh, prize that you got, my man. If you haven't heard of Dwell yet, Dwell is a Bible app. And if you're the kind of person who's really looking to making a lifestyle practice of living through the Word of God, Dwell app is the place to go. They've got tons of translations, all the different translations you could look for, multiple different languages, many different speakers. You can add music to the Bible reading the app. And so that way, wherever you are working out, you're running errands, you're driving, you're falling asleep at night, there are a million ways that you can use the Bible app Dwell. Again, visit Dwell app app.io slash the move for a 30% off discount.